When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Music Buzz Podcast. The Music Buzz Podcast features candid discussions with and about those behind the scenes in the music business, including industry veterans representing the segments of musician, design, and live. All three Music Buzz podcast hosts have spent their careers working with the biggest names in entertainment and have been and are still a fly on the wall. Dane Clark as the drummer for John Mellencamp's band for over 20 years and various solo projects. Hugh Sign, a world-renowned graphic artist for the biggest names in music and the corporate world. Andy Wilson, an award-winning marketing and public relations executive with over 20 years of combined multi-level entertainment industry experience in the music and sports business. Now let's buzz. Hello and welcome back to the Music Buzz Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Andy Wilson, along with Dane Clark and also Hugh Syme. Today we welcome to the Music Buzz Podcast legendary pop star, Tiffany. She shot to the top of the charts in the late 80s with songs like I Think We're Alone Now and Could Have Been and Hasn't Looked Back Since. Her 11-song new album, which is awesome and really good, is uh, called Shadows and features a new tune as well called I Like the Rain. So welcome to the Music Buzz, Tiffany. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Sorry, guys, having my little coffee. Just got in from the road from Cape Cod to Nashville. So yeah, here we are. You're based in Nashville, you say? I am, yeah. Originally from LA, but been living in Nashville for quite some time now. So, But I'm never here. We're always on the road. So it is quite nice to be definitely at home. Be back at home every once in a while. That's a good thing, right? It's really nice just to be here for a minute and then we take off again. So a little unloading. I'm remodeling my kitchen right now because I'm a foodie as well. I'm remodeling to upgrade so I can be more zhuzh for my cooking club. More zhuzh. Nice. I like that word. I was listening to your brand new project, Shadows. Wow. What a great record. Thank you. It's been a long time since I'd heard your music and uh, it's nice to get reacquainted. And I guess I had taken for granted what a really great singer you are. Oh, thank you. I have to pipe in and say... I am actually borderline ashamed of how little I knew about how great your voice is when I was listening to the same album today. I mean, I was hearing the power of Annie Wilson, the grace of Annie Lennon, and the warmth, the soul of like Stevie Nicks and so on. You you, you actually blew me away. I mean, it was a beautifully arranged album. Did you write everything on that album? 
I did. Yeah. My, I don't play any instruments. My producer, they, the guys, they all do the, the music. And I just, I literally am next door in Rockfields in Wales, which, you know, is magical there. And I'm literally in the kitchen, like creating a roast or something, writing lyrics away. And then we have this big battle at the end of it. Who's going to make this big, bigger creation? Um, and, you know, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how the writing process is. But I'm very proud of this album. And I'm so thrilled that people are getting the message and starting to, to love it. These guys aren't always that nice. So I can tell you they must actually like it. We're we're rarely this nice, if ever. Well, thank you. You're in Wales. So you're, you've got a constant co-write thing going there while you're recording. So you're writing and cooking while the band's working on the arrangements or whatever. And then boom, that's very cool. We get in the studio about 11 and then they start, you know, we've kind of worked out some parts or whatever for the night before. And then they start creating and I go in and out and I listen and I, you know, record on my phone and then I go back to the kitchen and I'm singing away in there and writing and revising. And then somewhere, you know, we all do a scratch vocal usually by the end of the night before we have our late dinner. Um, and some of those scratch vocals, like Betta's Nails, the last cut on the album, um, one of those big ballads was actually a one-take vocal, supposed to be a scratch, but I gave it hell. That's great. <laughs> and you can't recreate that sometimes, so that's the vocal. Sometimes there's a passion that goes into that first take, whether it's a singer or a drummer or a guitar player or whatever, that it's it's hard to recapture. You can even sit there and try to do it like for a whole day. Oh, we did. And not get back. No, I think it was the, you know, again, it was the lyrics. It was all of it. Um, and, the you know, again, I have hungry, a hungry bunch of boys looking at me. So it was like, oh, let's do this. But also it was that urgency. I hadn't sang those lyrics before. And it is such a vulnerable song. And if you, if you listen to it, it just keeps going and getting built, you know, build and build. I'm thinking, shit, how am I going to make this? exciting but not overkill and i just opened up and sang and that's what you hear and you know it's one of those wonderful liberating moments as a musician where you just go fuck it i'm just gonna have a good time and whatever happens happens and you know you don't you're not afraid to fall yeah and you're trusting your instincts and that's what you have to do and it's cool that that's what made the record it was meant to be so yay <laughs> you used the word vulnerable and and i was thinking earlier how true your voice is how inside the emotion you are. When I was listening, speaking of your ballads, I was really struck by how well you do melancholy. I'll meet you anywhere. Yeah, that's a great one. I love you and Bed of Nails. They're all remarkable songs. And so often we find sort of songs throughout our listening experience that sort of speaks to the litmus test of a really good power ballad and songs like Foreigners, Lou Graham's performance of I Want to Know What Love Is and so on. You do capture all of that that energy and that believable intimacy. And, and, and like you say, the vulnerability. Bravo on this album. Well, I appreciate it. I mean, a lot of the songs really just come from my living my experience, you know, my life. Divorce, finding new love, the complications of that, all of it are on this record. And I think, you know, again, being a songwriter has meant the world to me because I wanted to write in the earlier albums and I was really kind of pushed aside to not want to do that so it's been something i've been creating on the side with bandmates they're the first ones that allowed me to create and just show and you know and kind of encourage and 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 you know help me in my early career so that's always been the process now to be a songwriter and all of that it means the world to me to be writing these songs it's my therapy 
I'll tell you that much. <laughs> You're not alone there. I think it is for every songwriter. We were talking earlier about, I was looking over like going back to 1987. We actually did an episode earlier in the year with Hugh, where we were talking to him about all these records that he had worked on and done album covers for over the years. In 1987, he did the the cover for the famous White Snake album, Rush, Hold Your Fire. There was a couple others there was like from that year. I can't remember what else there was, but quite a few. You in 1987, I mean, obviously blew open the doors and your career just went to the stratosphere, right? Can you take us back to what that must have been? Like, I have to ask mentally, I mean, just to be part of that. And very few people have been part of that, but you definitely were. (laughs) What was 1987 like for you from your eyes? Oh, a wild ride. I mean, I was just riding the wave. I didn't have any reference. So just being me. I mean, I think I was completely taken back every time I went to a different country and they knew something about me, not just the music, but that I loved, you know, all of pizza or whatever it is. And they wanted to know about me as a person that really made the most impression on me. Uh, And yet it was freaky at the same time, uh, you know, but it was really the bonding that I have with my fans. I mean, these people are still TIFF fans. They're part of the family. And they've supported me and watching me go in this direction, this more edgy direction. Uh, you know, I've been saying for a while, here's where we're going, you know, and I've been doing my little videos and showing the rehearsals with the band and going, you know, it's going to be okay. I'm going to come back and give you a big old hug, but we are doing more edgy stuff. We are breaking ground. Um, and so now the fans are like, they're so thrilled again to have this music out now, finally. But I mean, the early days, I feel kind of the same way now. You're just riding the wave. I mean, it's like, you know, you just kind of do what you have the best you're informed with at that moment. Enjoy it. Be grateful. You know, I mean, it's, it is work at the end of the day. And there's, you know, you can always complain or be disappointed. I think that's the difference is back then it was like, I could do no wrong because I, I had, there was nothing I hadn't accomplished. Once you accomplish something, if you don't always accomplish that standard, everybody goes, oh, sorry. I'm like, why sorry? You know, I went through a period, I think, where I I also was like, why am I saying sorry that I was 14, recorded an album, made it to number one, sold millions of copies, toured the world? Like, what is the drag about that? Why do I feel bad? There's This is what dream really happens like that. I'm a very lucky girl. So I've never really let the industry bum me out, if you will. And I just stick to my fans and my and my friends and my family and good musicians and hopefully do better music every time I release an album. Speaking of albums, the new Shadows cover is very clever, you know, elegantly minimal. I love the cutout and the way the cutout casts the shadow, which is obviously the gag, but it's very clever. Well, I worked with an amazing artist, Sutter Simple, in the UK. He has... has He's an artist uh, on and on and on. And I can talk about him, musician, and has his own paint company. So we're doing jackets together and we're at a lot of different art projects. But he designed the album cover and the vinyl, which is coming. And it's very cool because it's kind of like an origami experience, taking it back a little bit. It pops up and it, you know, if you put it in a certain place, the, the, the light can shine through it. But you can change the picture. There's three different options. So we kind of got like a little pop art with it because this this album, although it is edgy and it's, you know, it's rock for me, 
it still has a little wink wink back to retro. So we wanted to show that in some of the artwork on the album as that and keeping it kind of fun as well. Can you share that artist's name with us? Stuart Simple. He, you can find him on TiffanyTunes.com. There's all the links straight to him as well. And he is amazing. Uh, and I really hope to be doing more things with him, more gallery shows. And we've got lots of things planned. Uh, and he's working my own color of paint for me. So I feel pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> what hue? I mean, what what is it close to? I think we're working on a blue, which is very positive, very energetic color. I love that. And then we've been making great jackets because I do one of a kind jacket pieces um, for charity for Children's Miracle Network but also for fans when I can. So they're all hand painted by me. So I'm using his paints now. And, you know, and again, in COVID, so many dots were connecting that just go, well, it's meant to be. And you're open-minded and what the heck we, you know, try some things. So now it's, I'm connecting all of those dots and it's really, again, it's exciting to have new music. It's exciting for people to like the music. But it's also exciting to build a team of really cool people that have just come into my life. Will you be touring this album? I will next year. We're going to do spot dates. I've done a lot of touring over the years. Um, so on this one, I want to make it a little more special. I call it zhuzhing up a little bit, the production. So we're going to zhuzh a little bit and go to selected theaters where I think it really will be a special event. So a little less dates, but a little more bang for your buck, if you will. Do that. Uh, David Gilmore did Massey Hall, for example, for five nights in a row, seating 2,800 people, I think. So the sound was spectacular, but the audience was was modest. It's an experience. And I'm, and that's, I think, you know, we've toured a little bit on Shadows before it came out a couple of years ago because we thought we were releasing it and then I pulled it back. Just wasn't the right time. Now is the right time. But Again, we have some really cool things working with this expanded team, Team Tiff, that I've been gifted uh, through, you know, again, through chaos and, pay, you know, pandemic mode and everything. Some gems did come through. And these people are artists and they want to do some things that I've never done before. So, yeah, let's do it. I'm open minded now. Team Tiff comes to Indy. Please let Andy know. I'd love to hear. For sure. Definitely. I We're going to start popping up dates. I know, you know, by the end of the year and. Uh, right now, we're just living the music and getting the word out. And we've got a special um, album release party December 4th in New Jersey, in Dover, New Jersey. So I'm getting all ready for that and celebrating, celebrating the music. Are you going to play the entire record? We're not going to play the entire record. It's an acoustic event. So we're going to do six cuts off of off of that. Of course, when we go into full band mode, then, yeah, we've got to we've got to up the stakes. Those ballads are going to be something. <laughs> Do you have the string arrangements covered by your keyboard player or players? They sure will be covered. I mean, you know, it's again now going into production mode for the Shadows tour and for these, you know, special shows. It is really celebrating the album and making all of the highs and lows make sense, if you will, and having to make, you know, so I'm working with people now to kind of go, well, this is my wish list, but how do we make this a, a fluid event? Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, yeah, expanding the team production on that one and getting some good advice because I want people, if I want it to be a show, of course, we're great musicians, we play live and there'll be that element as well. But, you know, this, I'd like to have some screens and some, you know, some 
reflection a little bit and some fun, some power on this. Yeah, the record deserves it for sure. Yeah, we got to ask about the cooking stuff. So obviously, this new record was heavily influenced by uh, by your cooking, which is very rock and roll. Yeah, <laughs> sounds awesome. Hey, right? I'm going to be in Nashville playing the Ryman next year. If you're in town. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was going to say, D- Dane's like, bring that pot roast over. I'm going to cater. <laughs> Come on. I'll bring it. I- I'll belly up. <laughs> I'll be ready for some home cooking. <laughs> well, you, you have to in the South. You have to bring a dish and you have to feed people. But I come from that anyway. Uh, my background is Lebanese on my dad's side. I was born in L.A., in East L.A., where it's all about Mexican food and, you know, food, 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 food. The other side of my family is mostly German. Uh, but they were raised in Oklahoma, so Southern food. And now I live in Nashville. So, you know, it's been ingrained in me. But really, I started cooking for my family when I was doing my early travels. And people would go, what's Thailand like? And I'd go, well, let me go to the grocery store and try to create, I don't know, what lemongrass is like in Norwalk, California. And it kind of connected the dots for people. And, and that was me, exp- you know, telling people about these different adventures. So that's kind of what I do with my food. I go around the world, work with chefs, uh, mom and pop places, and then do a take on my take on these wonderful recipes. Well, I've got to have your pizza recipe. I'm a big fan of all of it. I love Kutnesca and things like that, you know. Definitely. Well, yes. I mean, my family, so we inherited, I was already making pizza on the grill. And then my sister now engaged to a guy who's been doing pizza every Friday. And I do mean every Friday, whether it's by himself or now for our family. And now we've collaborated together. Uh, He's been doing it pizza every Friday and his recipes and mine we're having a good time collaborating together. So I will shoot you some recipes for that, sure. Yeah. Oh, that That's sounds awesome. good. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm. You got to have my champagne chicken one. It's fantastic. Oh, I want oh. that. God, this <laughs> sounds great. I'm getting hungry. I'll tell you what. Yes, we're having fun. And I really, you know, I'm going to be doing like food and music events for shadows acoustically um, because, you know, we can and it's, the people want to celebrate a not good night out, you know, they want to have it all. So we'll be doing some acoustic stuff as well as the bet, the big band stuff. When we go out on the road, of course, we'll have Scott Coogan and Johnny Martin with me and, you know, the guys from LA guns. So that's awesome. And they bring it every night. So yeah, I have a lot to rise to every night. <laughs> are those the guys on the record? Those are the guys that played on the rival son, son's song, uh, Keep On Swinging. We were at Sunset Down and we invited Johnny and, and Scott to play on. And then Ace John, Von Johnson came on. And then Tracy uh, Guns heard it and wanted to be on it. So he's playing slide on it. So now I have all of LA Guns, which I'm thrilled. That was like the topper for me. Fantastic. Do you cater your gallery shows? I can we cater whatever I can. I have food events now that I am being booked with celebrity chefs. Um, so my appetizers go out, or we do my rocktails, which are my cocktails, and I host the evening. Uh, and it is more of a foodie event. You get a little bit of music with it, but it really is, yeah. The people are eating my food finally now. It's fantastic. What's your food show going? What's my food show going to be about? Hopefully, traveling. Because I got to keep rocking the live element of everywhere I go. So, you know, I mean, that's kind of what I'm doing already on the cooking club. Let's feed with Tiffany. They get to see the good, the bad, the ugly. We we do Airbnb zooms. I do cooking classes with them. They get my recipes online all the time. But sometimes 
you know, it goes awry and I'm cooking in a hotel and I have to make do and it's, uh, you know, it's a he heating plate, uh, but we still do good food. Uh, so it's a little bit of Lucille Ball in there, uh, but it's a good time and it's still good food. Cooking gone awry with Tiffany. That sounds, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that sounds awesome. Speaking of, speaking of gone awry, so your old rivalry with Debbie Gibson, I know you guys are friends now. So tell, tell us about that. I mean, your, your relationship with her, I know you've done some stuff with her, right? You guys do a movie, right? Well, we have done, yeah, a few things together, but we did our crazy sci-fi adventures together, which I love. I want to do more of those next year. So that's in the making. Uh, so hopefully that will happen. I Because I'm just a sci-fi girl. I love it. And it's a lot of fun. But with Deb and I, we never weren't friends. We just really didn't know each other. I'm West Coast. She's East Coast. Then when we became popular, it wasn't, we didn't have time to hang out. It was like, hi, hi, throw together, take a picture. Okay, that's it. Scene chatting. And then the story would say, you know, Debbie and Tiffany seen chatting somewhere and arguing or something. So, you know, <laughs> no, like, of course. Like, right. She <laughs> said this place had really good pizza. That's all she said. I'm going to love this hotel. It wasn't that good of a hotel. You know, but that's how it goes. And now we really are friends. We laugh at that, but we're so different as people, but that's what makes us, um, you know, like a perfect duo, you know, people feel sometimes they have to pick between Deb and Tiff, but they don't. We, we really are the light and the dark, which is okay. Um, and we respect each other and we do, you know, we care for each other. We're, we're girlfriends. Who's darker. Oh, I'm definitely the darker child. <laughs> Absolutely. You got Ellie, you got Ellie guns playing on your new record. I mean, you know, come on. <laughs> yeah. I've always been this person though. I mean, I, you know, yeah. It's always been that way. I did. I came from a different upbringing. I had a different way that I got into the music industry. Deb, you know, was more celebrated with her family. My music was, you know, my family loved them, but it caused a lot of problems. I mean, there was a lot of like, you know, alcoholic issues and they didn't know anything about stardom or any prep. And then that just kind of magnified the issues. So I kind of right off the bat always had the light and the dark of being a celebrity in the 80s and yeah and being 14 years old from you know from your own, like your own home so you know the road became my what i knew more than being at home when i was home i kind of withered because the same family problems that had nothing to do with me because i was a teenager i couldn't solve them i still was underneath all of that so it wasn't Tiffany at home, if you will. It was more hiding and arguing and family crazy and in sadness. And then all of a sudden I go back out on the road and I'm Tiffany. So Deb and I had different experiences, but that's okay, you know. You were probably loved being out on the road. <laughs> Let me get back out there to that. And there's something to be said about, I mean, I've I spent a lot of my life on the road too. And if you're out for three weeks and you come back home, you're you kind of expect people to still take care of you for a few days you know my wife doesn't care for that it's like really i don't think so <laughs> take the trash out now pal let's get <laughs> let's get going but it's like you're taking care you know you, your food is done for you this it, my drums are set up for me here's your laundry you know you get back home and it's kind of a slap back into reality for us a uh, well, bit. i mean yeah I, for me it was you know the sayings that you have on the road the family that you have you know just the, the, it becomes your routine and then you go home and nobody understands that. And for a teenager, 
that was a lot of, like abandonment, you know, and again, not having a home that I could go back and just rest or be supported in kind of felt even more abandonment. So, yeah, I think those that's, you know, why it's like, well, were you the dark child? I probably was. I was dealing with reality, but there's a lot of people out there that that's why they like my music. That's why they, you know, they felt they could talk to me or open up to me because they were too going through, you know, dysfunction or families that you love, but it's not so great and there, you can't change it, you know? So I think that's been always the bond with a lot of my fans and I wouldn't change that. You know, now I think again, we're, you know, writing music, even now people come up to me and the biggest compliment is I love your song. And I think they're going to say, I think we're low now. And they say pieces of me or something. I just, I beam. I'm like, I wrote that. That's cool. All right. You know, and I kind of dork out. By the way, that's a great album and a, a great song. Really great lyrics on that. Very poignant. Still, I, you know, I beam as a songwriter. That's really one of my, my favorite things now that people see that I'm growing and that, you know, that I am a hopefully good songwriter and hope to get better. Well, I mean, I feel like you're doing the best work you've ever done last few years. So 35 years in the music biz, how many people could say that, that they're doing their finest stuff 35 years on. So kudos to you. Keep it up. Awesome. Still rocking it. It's the coffee, man. (laughs) When you were coming up as a young musician, um, who were your go-to people? Uh, What were the records you were listening to? What were the female voices that were pulling you and, and inspiring you? Well, you pretty much, you know, nailed it from the beginning, Stevie and Wilson. Uh, these are the women that I was with, Pat Benatar, of course, uh, Emmy Lou Harris, uh, you know, a Tammy Wynette, because I started out in country music. So there was a lot of female singers there, Lacey J. Dalton. Um, so, you know, these are the people that, and of course, Barbara Streisand. I was also listening to Joni Mitchell. Even when I was young, I got a Joni Mitchell whiffed somewhere. Somebody was at my house and I asked what that was. And I was allowed to listen to music in the den as long as I didn't scratch the albums then. Uh, And I I remember writing down poetry and just trying to be a writer. So these have always been my influences. Of course, Bob Dylan and, you know, kind of folky, kind of country, kind of rock and roll, a little bit of all of that. And of course, high school with Led Zeppelin and all the rock bands and um and then you know I did the I did I think we're alone now and somehow it was like I was put in just the pop world and it took a long time to for people to even know that I could really sing. So we're still just accomplishing now. <laughs> you didn't mention the Beatles and when I listen to your ballads there's there's sort of a a a nod to the Beatles to the chord progressions and the these the emotion. Of, of some Definitely. Of- I would probably say that's more Mark Alberici, my producer, um, because he, you know, obviously he's English and, and we both love the Beatles, definitely. Um, but, you know, I, yeah, he worked real hard to like make it not um, predictable. If I was going to do a ballad on these, uh, my that was the one thing I said, I go, you know, look, we're not going to do like rock songs and then have these big ballads. It, it, that doesn't work. I don't even want to do a show like that. That's just too stop and start for me. I already have that with a lot of putting the older stuff in and making that special, but not, again, all these different blocks, you know? Making it fit with the other, yeah, make it fit with the other stuff. Yeah. 
So he was he had his work cut out for him to put some ballads on there. And I think he did a stellar job. And again, I would walk in and hear this music and walk away and just, it, it, I don't know, it's like a magical place. I'm sure it's Rockfield influence as well, because there is a vibe there, if you will. I do believe in that. But I just heard lyrics. I just would hear the emotion. What he would play would just come out of me, these words. It was very, it was very um, organic, spiritual, if you will, and, 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 and therapeutic. So I just followed his lead on the music, really. I, I have friends and clients who've spent quite a bit of time in Rockfield, and I'm curious to know how that was your choice. Well, that was, again, Mark, my producer. Um, he, he, was, he was kind of like, look, you know, there's some great studios. We can pick some. But this studio, let me give you some examples. And I, I picked uh, Rockfield. Uh, it, I thought it would be a great experience. I've never had the residential experience. Um, I didn't, I, we wanted to record pieces and be more like a band sound where everybody played in the same room. And, and I felt that that was the way for me to go. Although I'm a solo artist, I needed that sound as a band, if you will, to be convincing for this new journey. If you, you know, to break ground, it wasn't all about just let me show you the flash of Tiffany or the gimmick. This was, no, I'm a real valid musician. Here's the story, working with great people and and living my, my, my craft and loving that I'm part of this, you know, musician community. I'm proud of who I am and hopefully doing great music and learning. So, yeah, that I mean, that once I got to Rockfield, I was like addicted. That was it. I don't want to ride any other way. <laughs> I'm spoiled now. Have you seen the movie, the, the Rockfield movie? We, I have, yeah, and I made this. I made this shirt too. There's merch, so go get the merch, everybody. But my name is on there, and I'm with all these amazing people. I saw your name on on the on the, in the very end when they do the credits by the different years or the different decades or whatever. It's just, I mean, again, I'm a fan. I'm still a fan of music. There's so many people that influenced me. I, I used to be so embarrassed as a kid because I literally would have my girlfriend go to the record store and I'd be like, "Go buy all this stuff for me." Why should we get mad at me? Why? And I'd be like, because it's like Barbara Streisand and Ozzy and like Bob Dylan and then, you know, ACDC. There, you have to be something in high school. It's so not cool. Uh, and she would be so annoyed, but I, that's what I was missing. I was just constantly to music and I love music. And I think, you know, I still, I'm that way. I want to learn from everybody. I want to collaborate and I want to tour and just have fun being you know, being a well, you're doing a great job with it. Absolutely. And congrats again on the new record. Is there anything else our, our listeners should know that you have coming up? TiffanyTunes.com, everybody. Go there. That's all things in the world. Gosh, my radical riff on my boutique and all different adventures that we're going to have for the tour of the making of and, um, you know, all the nurses and all the jazz. So, like I said, shooting it up and excited. Thank you guys for your time. Congrats again on the music. It's great to connect with you. We'll keep judging it. Thank you guys so much. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.